Hello everyone, happy Thursday, and welcome to the first episode of this semester's last new podcast series, Laying Our Worries at Jesus's Feet. In this podcast series, we'll be focusing on anxiety. We'll be talking about how we should lay our worries down at the feet of Jesus and receive his mercy and peace in its stead, trusting that he will provide for our needs and work all things together for the good of those who love him. But before we dive into our first episode, if you're a new listener to Rice BSM Podcasts, welcome! My name is Jordan Killinger, and I am one of the lead team members of Rice Baptist Student Ministries, or BSM. My co-leader Ella and I produce two podcasts every week, one on Thursdays and one on Sundays, in the hopes of uplifting and encouraging you all. Ella is doing a semester-long series on the stories from creation to Christ in the Bible. They're great discussions of basic faith topics meant for college students, and they're perfect to listen to even if you're unfamiliar with the Christian faith, new to it, or currently walking in it. My podcast episodes come out every Thursday, and we just finished up a series called Finding Our Purpose. In that series, we discuss life's biggest questions, from what gives life meaning, to where is my identity found, to what is my purpose. If you would like to know the answers to those or any other important life questions, I highly recommend that you check that series out. And with that, let's start talking about anxiety, faith, and how Jesus gives us his peace that passes all understanding. Our theme verse for this series is Jeremiah chapter 17, verses 7 through 8. The prophet Jeremiah says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes, for its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. I personally love this verse because it provides a wonderful metaphor for what we should do in this life. In the same way that tree has constant access and connection to the life-giving stream, we should constantly acknowledge and drink from the stream that is the Lord's word, the Bible, and prayer. When we do this, we have no need to fear whatever comes our way in this life. In today's episode, we're mainly going to be talking about verse 7, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord, and the first part of verse 8. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream, mainly talking about what it looks like to trust in the Lord. I think Proverbs 3 verses 5 through 6 provide a great example for what it means to trust in the Lord. Proverbs 3 verses 5 through 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Firstly, the verb trust in this passage means to feel safe or confident. As my study Bible puts it in one of its notes, feeling safe or confident in the Lord demonstrates complete reliance on God's grace and guidance. In this life, there is nothing more sure than God's grace and guidance. We rely every day on the forgiveness he gives us as a gift through through repentance. We need God's grace, his undeserved compassion that he gives us through his son, Jesus Christ's resurrection from the dead. Moreover, we need his guidance, which he offers us through the Bible, his timeless, perfect, and holy word. Trusting in the Lord looks like completely relying on him for everything. And God is good. God is gracious. He is loving. When we trust in him with all our hearts, he will not lead us astray. 
Proverbs 16 verse 9 says that the heart of, the, of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. He establishes our steps to work according to his good, perfect, and gracious will that ultimately works for the good of all those who love him. When we trust in the Lord with all our heart, that means we also should not lean on our own understanding. We should seek God for guidance for what we should do, not assume that we have the best plan and that God's plan is somehow second. In Isaiah 55 verse 9, God says that, For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts, my thoughts than your thoughts. That also means God has the best plan in mind, even when we don't see or understand how he's working. It's because his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Acknowledging that we are not in control is okay because we have a greater, perfect God who is. As a result, we should surrender our things, ourselves, our responsibilities, our worries to God and not be concerned about them. Entrusting the Lord with all our heart, Proverbs 3 verse 6 also says we should acknowledge him in all, in all of our ways. As a note in my study Bible puts it, that means that we should apply what we have learned from the Lord in everything we do. What God has taught us in his word should permeate through the rest of our lives and define how we should operate in our classrooms, with our family, with our friends, and what we say and do and write and produce in our daily lives. When we trust in the Lord, we believe that he is our source material and that everything we do should flow from him and what he has done for us. As Paul writes in Romans 12, verse, verse 1, we should, because of the mercies of God, present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is our spiritual worship. That last part of, of Proverbs 3 verse 6 says that when we trust in the Lord with all our heart, do not lean on our own understanding and acknowledge him in all our ways, he will make straight our paths. You know, I like to think that when we trust in the Lord, when we spend time in his word and prayer, we're better able to see where God is closing a door and opening another one. And, you know, there's scriptural basis for this. Acts 16 talks about how the Holy Spirit forbade Paul from going places. Verses 6 through 7 says that Paul and his companions went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. And when they came up to Mysia and attempted to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. At that time, God was closing a door in Paul's life to go to those places and teach because God needed Paul elsewhere. If that doesn't look like establishing, Paul, establishing Paul's steps, I don't know what does. Similarly, in Acts 20 verse two, uh, verses 22, or excuse me, just verse 22, Paul says that he is constrained by the Holy Spirit to go up to Jerusalem. God opens and closes doors and windows in Paul's life, and he still does the same for us in our lives. The place where we get the most certain direction, the most certain guidance is God's word. And that's another great reason to be in it, because it is through the reading of his word and prayer that he directs and guides us. He speaks to us primarily through his word. 
So when you're in the word and in prayer, I encourage you to look at the doors he's opened in your life and also consider the ones he's closing. When we read the Bible and spend time in prayer, God makes straight our paths. He guides us in the way we should go, even if it may not be the path we immediately want to follow and walk on. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 7, verse 14, that the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. God's paths for our lives won't necessarily be easy. In fact, they most certainly won't be. But that doesn't make them any less good because God is good and he's working all things together for the good of those who love him. Rest in that truth, friends. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding just because you can't see what he's doing. Trust that he is doing a good work and he is establishing your steps for his good and for your good. Acknowledge him in all your ways and try to lift up every decision you have in your life to him. That will take practice, but it's ultimately a wise practice. One of my friends says that sin can be thought of as making the decision between something that is almost right compared to what is right. When we seek God first and lift up our decisions to him in prayer, we will become wise in his eyes and he will give us the clarity to make the decision that is consistent with his will. He will help us to see where a door is closing and where another is opening that he is guiding us to walk through. With that, I encourage you to pray for these next few moments, just silently to yourself. Ask God to help you see where a door in your life is closing and where another is opening. Pray for him to make straight your paths, which he is already doing. And ask him to help you trust him in what he is doing and to walk in the path and to walk the steps that he has already established for you. Go ahead and take a few moments now to do that. I'll join you in that. So yes, let us trust in the Lord, friends, and we will be blessed. As the first part of Jeremiah 17, 8 says, He who trusts in the Lord is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream. When a tree is planted near water, it has immediate access to the nourishing water it needs. It doesn't fear, it doesn't need to fear when heat or drought comes because it will still have access to that water to that stream. Therefore, nothing can phase this tree. Nothing it faces in this world can threaten its safety and security. When we trust in the Lord, when we make him our trust, our security in our lives, we also are not threatened by the world and whatever it throws at us. I think Luke chapter 12 verses 22 through 34 spell this out really well for us. 
while I'm primarily going to talk about verses 32 through 34 with y'all, the rest of the passage answers any other questions we may have about what trusting in the Lord looks like um, and that what we have about trusting in the Lord so perfectly that I literally can't say it better, which makes sense since it's God's word. <laughs> so you can go ahead and follow along with me as I read verses 22 through 34. And he said to his disciples, Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, what you will put on. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens. They neither sow nor reap. They neither have storehouse nor barn. Yet God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? If then, are you not able to do as small a thing as that? Why are you anxious about the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass which is alive in the field today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And do not seek what you are to eat and what you are to drink, nor be worried. For all the nations of the world seek after these things, and your Father knows that you need them. Instead, seek his kingdom, and these things will be added to you. Fear not, little flock. For it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I think the first part speaks for itself. We all know that the Bible is right. We do not add a single hour to our life through worrying. Rather, we know that stress and anxiety can lower our lifespan significantly and threaten us in sickness through its effects on multiple aspects of our health. Instead of being worried about our meals, our clothing, our homework assignments, whatever, we should lift them up and surrender them to God, knowing and trusting that he will take care of them and that all will be done according to his good and gracious will. In verses 32 through 34, this really shines through. We should fear not, little flock, because it is our Father's good pleasure to give us the kingdom. As a note in my Bible puts it, we are included in the realm ruled by God's grace. And this realm is present wherever he rules our hearts and minds. This comes through faith in Jesus, in trusting that God knows best and that he is good. And it results in abundant life, both here on earth and later in heaven. It's God's good pleasure to give this gracious gift to us through faith. It's his resolve, his choice, his determination. He grants us the wonderful gifts of life that he so desperately wants to give us in this life, according to his good and gracious will which is working for the good of the believer. 
When we believe in the kingdom of when when we believe in the kingdom God has so graciously given us, we don't need to worry about our possessions or how to support ourselves in this life. We trust that He will provide, and He will provide abundantly. This is where the rubber hits the road. He calls us to sell our possessions and give to the needy. As my study Bible puts it, it's a radical call to use our goods not only for ourselves but also to help other people. Now, we've not all been asked to sell the entirety of our goods. We should use the gifts God has graciously given us to serve his good and gracious will. But some are asked to give more abundantly than others. If you have been asked to give abundantly, to surrender, do so. Trust that the Lord calls you to do it and serve him out of the abundance he has given you. He is working a plan for your good and for the good of others around him. So trust in him and do as he calls you to do, even if it seems scary. Don't be afraid. Trust in the Lord. When we do this, we trust no longer in ourselves, but in faith. We provide for ourselves money bags that do not grow old with the treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. God's abundant grace and mercy and blessings is the money bag that doesn't grow old. The best treasure in this life comes from living as God directs us. His ways involve generously helping others. No thief can destroy this pattern of life, nor can a moth destroy this calling, this value that we possess in faith as a gracious gift from God. For where our treasure is, there our heart will be also. When we trust and rely on God in all things, we learn to give out of the abundance he gifts us and trust that he will take care of us. We don't need to worry about what, about what he does and doesn't give us, but rather consider what others need and give it to them as he calls us to do. We don't need to worry about the things we will face or have in this life when our treasure is in heaven. And we no longer worry when we trust in God and seek to spend time with him in word and prayer and to do his will. When we are planted, planted by the water and send out our roots by the stream that is God's living word, prayer, and worship of him. So y'all, don't ever fear what you will face in this world because you have God to constantly rely on as your life giving stream, who is good and constant and perfect, who will keep you safe in the heat and drought of life. So with that, I will end this podcast and the first episode of our series, Laying Our Worries at Jesus's Feet, and wrap up this episode. Please tune in next week for our next episode, which we will talk about giving our worries in the present to Jesus. As always, please let us know if you have any feedback or recommendations for this podcast series. Ella and I want to discuss and incorporate any ideas y'all have, so please don't hesitate to reach out to us, either in person or via email. You can always reach me via email at jek6 at rice.edu. Thank you all for tuning in, and I look forward to being with you all again next Thursday. Always know that you are loved dearly, friends by us 
and most importantly, by God. God's blessings to you as you go throughout this day and have a great week. Goodbye.